Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tone Aries podcast. I'm your host, James Enner, joined by my good friend, Timmy Lang. Hi, everyone. Rowan is on the deck. Say hi, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. This week, we have the director of the Construction Industries Federation, Conor O'Connell from Cork. Thanks very much, James. Looking forward to the How conversation. You been? Very good, I think, anyway. This mm. happened very quickly because um, you only emailed us about two days ago. I know. And here you are. And I've no notes prepared. You're completely taking me by blind now, but thanks for the opportunity, lads. That's great. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why you emailed us in the first place? Well, look, the construction industry at the moment, we're going through a, a problem with getting people to work in our industry, being absolutely blunt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, labour and securing labour, it's a huge issue for us. And what we found is that over the last 10 years, and particularly since the recession, the communities and the people that used to come into the construction sector all the time um we're no longer or it's more becoming more difficult to recruit people from being blunt with you the traditional working class communities mm. which were our, where we got secured our bricklayers plasters mm. and all of that intergenerational kind of link mm. with the industry some of it has been broken over the last 10 years mm. um and i'm here tonight to kind of tell people there's huge opportunities in the construction sector over the last 10 years. Do you think because of the recession there, um, fellas of my vintage now, they would have all fled to Australia, Canada and that. Families were hurt and broke up, you know, people have been badly burned because when the downturn happens, the construction workers are probably the most affected, it's the worst affected industry. Labourers forced to be laid off unless you're working for yourself, you're in trouble. Do you think now people are looking at the likes of university now as the, the more secure future? There's no doubt about it. I mean, in, in 2007, which was the height of the, cons- the last construction boom, for want of a better word, even though that's an awful word as well, the boom, yeah. you know, but there was 275,000 people working in the construction sector. That went down to 95,000 people. So for every three people working in the construction sector at that time, mm. uh, within three years, only one was left working in mm. the industry. So there was a phenomenal fallout and that's left real legacy issues for us when we attempt to recruit again into our sector you know Mm. um what happened was phenomenal it was exceptional i don't believe it will ever ever happen again because of all the public policy instruments that we've put in place over the last 10 years we're not going to go back to those booming cycle boom and bust cycles there will be cyclical kind of you know economic 
up up turns and down turns but never what it was like again uh, never what it was like in the past you know I'm in the market for a house at the moment we're a first time buyer we're looking at nobles because of the help to buy scheme and all that but I spoke to an auctioneer um, recently and he he was telling me that um, they have to make sure they have to show that they've sold all the units before they're up build more because they're not going they can't go back to a place where they have ghost estates like before so that's one example of how it's kind of been reformed it is, and and look the, the the way as well that the finance works now for housing estates, your traditional housing estates. It's built in phases, it's financed in phases, yeah. and we're never going back to those days where the banks are giving you a big, huge lump sum to go out there into that field and build one hundred units at the one time. That's not the way it's going to happen in the future, and rightly so in a way. Mm-hmm. It kind of puts you know measures in place, it puts checks and balances in place to sh- ensure that we don't have a repeat of what we had in the past. Do you know, like, we're from Knocknaheny and Holly Hill area. We're in Churchville at the moment. Northwest Cork City in general, the north side in general, construction would be the main industry for people that are employed, mm-hmm. you know, especially men. Um, and, like, the fellas that are earning the good money have their own vans and their own mm-hmm. companies and they have a few fellas working for them, you know. So, I don't know about that, James. <laughs> I don't seem to be making anything. <laughs> I know, but you're right. And that's it's that's why good, I'm here tonight yeah. as well, James and Timmy. Mm. Because look, it, there's an important message there to say to, to working class young men, because it is mainly men that come into the industry. We're trying to attract more women as well. But look, there's a good opportunity there. It is hard work. You do have to get up early in the morning. But there's no better opportunities uh, will be created. Sorry, there's no better industry to create that career progression for mm-hmm. you, especially for one young working class men in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we embarked on school tours there, I think, four years ago, five years ago. We started on school tours, you know. And the first one, school we went to was the North Man here. Mm-hmm. And we brought with us a, a quantity surveyor that was working with a local contractor. He started off his career as, as a carpenter. He, unfortunately, the recession came. He then got a job as a postman, subsequently went back at Knight College, got his, got his degrees, you know, through Knight course, no different to mm-hmm. yourself, Timmy. And, and there was a quantity surveyor. And that's the type of industry it is. You can start off at doing one thing, but you can then end up doing something completely different once you're willing to work hard mm-hmm. uh, and apply yourself. And, and it can be that simple, yeah. really. And you can become like, if, let's say if you finished your leaving sort, cause that's where we're at mm-hmm. now. You know, you'd want a, a bit of maturity as well just to get to school. But if you did that right, and let's say you did a four year electrician, or mason or whatever you could be working for yourself there you could be 23 24 you'd be your own man like you could be outpricing your jobs yeah. you know whereas other other people at that age you're being told what to do where to go you know in precarious employment you it's, know? i suppose it, it all depends on the person too when you're mm. looking at it like that some people are quite happy just going into work and getting paid their nine to five job on a weekly basis there's a lot to be said mm. to go home and leaving the responsibility with somebody there is, else you know? there is because it, it, there is a lot of stress to you run your own business mm. and employing people and, and knowing that you have to have their wages at the end of the week knowing that you might get a wage not this week or the second week you might get something on the third or fourth week but yeah I'll just take it back a small but they're right and um, <clears throat> Detroit, in terms of trades and, and young people in this country, I think um, there needs to be more going into schools and start talking about trades and stuff like that. There should be a day for it because at the moment, right, I know there's a few lads looking for trades. There's At the moment, there is no tradesmen around. There's fellas that are, are handy. <laughs> yeah. But trades, you know, and... 
like underneath them then apprentices like there's a lot of fellas afraid to take on an apprentice because they don't know how stable the building industry is at the moment you know it's particularly around the materials materials seem to be going up and up and like there's a lot of fellas struggling at the moment because a job they quoted there six months ago yeah completely different environment or or even six weeks ago let's say the rise in the material market has gone completely through the roof. Mm. And what's happening then is these guys are having to go back to the, the, the homeowners or getting renovations or, or, or whatever it may be, or, or first-time buyers or whatever, and they're telling them, right, material's gone up by 20%. Your 100,000 has gone from 100 to 120. These people are after struggling, breaking their back to get to the 100,000. Now they're being told they need 120,000. Right, and this builders after probably building up for this job, knowing that this will keep me going. No, that job is not happening because the people haven't got the money. Right, not happening, and the builder is saying, "How can I take on an apprentice?" You know, that's what we. That's the reality of the situation, no? Because I've been talking to a number of different builders, builders providers. You know, and they're saying, like to me, it is there is a little bit. It is getting a bit little bit quiet. But we don't know where it's going to go. Are, what, what's your view on the market and the material market? Where are we going with what's going on at the moment with the materials? Do you think? I really don't know. To me, um, mm. other than to say, look, it's post-COVID supply chain disruptions. Mm. You know, factories uh, that have been shut down and closed down. Problems with the timber licenses here in Ireland. Mm. But all of that, I honestly believe, will steady up over the last over the next six months. But it's it's really really tricky and difficult to price yeah. work at the moment. You know, it is difficult. Yeah. But just in terms of apprentices and taking on apprentices, mm. I know it's very easy to say this sitting in the coach mm. here, but you have to look at the long-term picture. You have to look mm. at, at bringing more people into the industry, training them up, because you will get value over time. It's just time. At, yeah. It's just the moment we're in at the moment is very, very difficult for many, many contractors out there. It's, mm. it's extremely difficult. But having said that, we do believe that it will steady up within the next six months with all the ch- supply chains start rolling again. But you have, you know, we, we are always trying mm. to encourage builders to look at the long-term picture, take on apprentices because we will need them. You look at Cork at yeah. the moment, you look at the work that's going on, you know, you've done Kettle, McCroom Bypass, you know, you have a heap of work coming on in the city centre in terms of, you know, there's student apartments, there's hotels, mm. and of course there's housing. There's lots and lots of residential units that are going to be need to be built in this country for the likes of yourself, James, yeah. that are new, newly buying, whoever it is. And there's lots of... There's more coming on stream. I know housing can be a very controversial topic, but there's no doubt about it. Look, um, there's... It's needed. It's needed. Mm. A population of Cork is growing very, very significantly. Mm. It really is. There's and a, you have the likes of Macroom now getting the bypass. And I'd say, like, there'll be a lot of people move from the city to Macroom. That's just kind of one example. But people are happy to commute now as well, you know, and the city is expanding, you know, and there's a lot of city people now... Watergrass Hill, Glamour, yeah. huge developments out there on Ballinglana, White Church, um, McCroom, as I said, you know, so, um, the city is expanding like, like it has been in Dublin. Now you look at places like, uh, uh, Killing Kildare and, and other places like Greater Dublin now, you know. I know, I know. And listen, that's the good picture. That's the, that's the message for the future. There's, yeah. good, there is going to be lots of work there. Yeah. But will we be able to supply the work? The yeah. Irish, like, will, will the Irish economy, will it, will there be, people there to give them the work will the work be adequate then 
once finished, will, will it be up to standards? No, we have enough of people in, in the industry at the moment checking standards, you know. But, like, if we can't get the right trades in this... As, and well, you that's know, why I'm here tonight, is yeah. to encourage people to have a look at it. I mean, there's an obsession. Like, when we go around with the schools at times, you know, mm. you know, the school leagues tables and all these artificial kind of... Um, you know, what would you call it, metrics yeah. of, of how good a school is or how bad a school is, you know. Very stigmatising for some schools. Yeah, it, it should be a metric there, how many people go into an apprenticeship from that mm. school. And, and that should count as well. We can't keep sending people into college to do arts degrees or, mm. you know, you know, sports science degrees or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with those and they're needed as well. But we really need people to consider apprenticeships as well, you know. You make a very good point there. And uh, my previous employer worked with the Cork Education and Training Board. You know, I was up in Ross avenue in the training center with apprentices go for their block release you know and we've often advocated there for like why don't apprentices get student discounts the same as the students you know why it is seen as something less than mm-hmm. you know what i mean like who like it's great it's grand for the doctors and the engineers and the scientists but who's going to build their lovely homes do you know what i mean and look that's that's look you look around the place at the moment you think of people going into different careers you're always going to need a carpenter. Uh-huh. There's always going to be a need for a plasterer, a bricky electrician. Mm-hmm. You look at the future there in terms of all the, the, the internet and there's new apprenticeships there in electrical instrumentation, for instance. So if we even go down this road of all this modern technology, who's going to be able to plug in that modern technology and wear that modern technology and maintain yeah. that modern technology? It's going to be electricians, electrical apprentices, the mechanical trades and the carpenters. They're going to be needed and, and yeah. you know, and much we, more so than people realise. And we need the Department of Education, the Department of Enterprises and the Department of Social Protection to, to get on board in terms of if we're going to incentivise students to go to college for four years and we're going to provide them with maintenance grants from Susie, back to education allowances, bursaries and all these hardship funds we have to provide the same for the apprentices because it's not as if the apprentices are coming for money either no they're not and apprentices are in the very same situation as students they're working towards the job with the good salary but at the moment they don't have that so they need but they don't get no Susie no back to education allowance you know so like and there's a strong case there as well on that that back to work stuff that like you would have a mature apprenticeship scheme in place as well for those that are mature you know they might have been and and to come back into the apprenticeship system as well and give Mm. them incentives there are incentives out there you know there's a 3000 euro grant there for employers at the moment to take on an apprentice you know but look as you say there's other aspects of the system then that are not discriminatory but not as favorably disposed to apprentices as maybe they should be to the other students if you're if you're 18 if you're 17 or 18 and you're looking at like apprenticeship or student your the student life looks like very cushy number mm. you know and you have your your susie your fees your maintenance grants your back to education allowances and stuff like that i know no stu- students are not living it up at all i'm not saying that but they get a lot more than an apprentice right you know so. and like the, even the student ids i always say that like apprentices should be allowed to have student ids are the equivalent of you know, no, that's a very fair point, actually. Something they never considered about apprenticeships, mm-hmm. having a student ID card as well, yeah. but they are students. An apprentice well, you ID card. You, you get it You get it for the, the, the 20 weeks you're in FOSS and the 10 weeks you're in the CIT, but it only lasts for the time you're there. That's yeah. it. And yeah. after that, but that's, that's rewarding the academic part yeah. of the, the, the apprentice and it's kind of saying, like, yeah. the practical stuff is not on the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're an apprentice and you're on... An, uh, small low kind of incremental pieces over three or four years 
you should be able to get student. You should be able to get apprentice discounts the same as student get student discounts. I know definitely. That's definitely. fair, like isn't it? And I know, yeah, absolutely. And I know we're talking here about, and I have to be conscious of this as well. We're talking about apprenticeships, you know, bricklaying, plastering, carpentry, electrical, mechanical, all of those. But there's also as well scaffolding, machine driving. You know, scaffolding is big around here, actually. Yeah, yeah. We it's it is, always yeah. it's always been a huge yeah. trade, and it's no trade. Scaffolding from this year on now is going to have an apprenticeship system mm. and it's Tiling. going to be classified as a trade, finally, you know. So. Tiling is one of the highest trade paid trades at the moment. Is it? Tilers are getting anything up to two and a half to three thousand euros a week for for works. And I know friends of mine are tilers and they're actually cleaning up. Yeah, I know. You know, they're going into houses, new houses. They're having two bathrooms, a kitchen to tile, maybe the hallway... And uh, whatever adds up then is between three to four thousand a lot of jobs from all the time. It's absolutely great. I was thinking of packing up the tools <laughs> like, as you were talking there. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was know, doing a bit of mathematics in my head as well. Fuck, <laughs> do you know? But toiling is actually a well-paid. No, it's a tough job as well. Your it knees is, and your back would be destroyed from it. it. No carpenters. We, we we can be paid what we, what we think we're we're we should be as well. You know, um, because. Like, most carpenters can really do anything, you know? Yeah, know. But there was something I was... While the two of you were talking there, there was something I was thinking about. When that... When we went into the recession back in 2007 and right? Um, a lot of tradesmen lost their jobs. They had no income whatsoever. And the beauty of living in Cork is we have plenty of pharmaceutical factories, Right. And a lot of these tradesmen went into these factories and are still in these factories. Is there any initiative to get them men back over there and get them back in the... Well, what you hear from the recruitment people in relation to that, because you're right, there's a load that are saying that there's lots of construction workers that are abroad and they're in working in Mm. in pharma companies or the med tech companies, whatever it is. And and they won't return to the industry. They have a stable, you know, as they see it, nine to five. Unfortunately, they feel they were burnt, and they were. They lost, you know, they lost jobs. Um, they had to provide for their family, so they went into this industry. It's stable, you know. Um, it's stable. What we would say to them now is that look, times have changed. The mm. industry again, even though it is a cyclical industry and it does follow the business cycle and all that. At the same time, you know, there is good money to be earned there at the moment, and there is a good pipeline of work at the moment but you're right attracting them back into the industry once they've had those bad experiences can be very difficult and what we found after the recession as well is that at that intergenerational stuff where the father was the brickie the son Mm. was then he was trained up that was broken Mm. and unfortunately that's broken and i don't we have to try and repair that or we have to try and encourage young people again back into the industry because as i said there'll always be work there for the good carpenter the good bricklayer you know uh, the good electrician um look and you're right an awful lot of people that did lose their jobs you know they traveled the world they went to australia went to canada settled down now and they're Mm. not coming home i think so look we've we've just got i think got to accept that and try and Mm. do our best to attract people back in do you know if um in a, if there's a young person watching this and he went he had an he wanted to go into an apprenticeship he wasn't quite sure what's the first step he can take or she 
I would say local contacts. I know this sounds very traditional and old fashioned. You know, we, we had, um, we, there's websites out there, you know, um, I can't remember the name of the website now. My boss will kill me. <laughs> Constructionapprenticeships.ie. Um, I'll have to check that out for you. Yeah, but yeah. look, there's a website there that's an attempt to match employers with employees. But really the best way is the local context, the local, the, you know, there's always a local mm-hmm. builder. Everyone knows the local carpentry subcontractor. You know, there's, there's, you're just going to have to put yourself forward. You know, the beauty of living up here, there's a hundred local carpenters, a <laughs> hundred local masons, a hundred local plasters, electricians and tilers. Yeah. In certain areas you go there, they're, they're out there, what, what, what are these big cones things there that you could, the, the police speak through, the styrofoam things, you know? Yeah, the megaphone. Yeah, megaphone. Yeah. They're out in different areas and they're shouting at the top of their voice, where are we going to get a car? You can't get them. Yeah. Do you know? And that's and that's where it's, it's times like this, carpenters and tilers and plumbers can make a few quid. Because the money's there and they can make it. But when it comes down to the industrial side, the bigger scale, the commercial stuff, like the port of cork and all these different things, they are we're gonna lack trades for them. Yeah, yeah you know? I know, I know. That's I look, that's the difficulty yeah. the industry is facing, and that's yeah. why we're doing our best. We're going out to the schools. Yeah. We're, we're mm. you know, doing this podcast here tonight, trying to sell the message. You know, warts yeah. and all, selling that message about the industry and and the possibilities mm. are there. But the reason I, f- the reason we're so, s- I feel so strongly about it now is because I don't think Cork has ever been in a, as good a position as it's in now, in terms of the future. You know, the population is growing. There's going to be a need for more houses. Mm. There's lots of jobs coming into the area, and we just need to to manage it and we need to resource it. And wouldn't it be great if, for our sector, more Cork people, more mm. Irish people entered the industry rather than us having to go abroad and look for people? Not that there's, a, you know, we, there's not there's. Yeah. It's a multinational workforce, and that's great. But yeah. look, we need to recruit more mm-hmm. more people locally as well. Yeah, and the Irish people, the Irish um, professionals, like your engineers and QSs and stuff, they're known as some of the world's best. As they well. are, you know. The minute yeah, the recession right. happened, we were invited down to the Metropole Hotel. I think it was um, the Northern Territory Chamber of Commerce or something in Australia. Hundreds of Irish construction workers in the room signing up to go abroad you know and it was really it's sad, sad. it's mm, it's it sad to see um, but like we we honestly believe those days are never returning to the same extent as we saw back then you know it was mm. I believe, honestly believe it was an exceptional period in our history we've learned so many lessons so many people have been born for it including ourselves mm. we never want to go back there again with these boom and bust cycles funded by a, a credit bubble that was completely unsustainable Nobody mm. wants that anymore in our industry. Mm. Yeah, you nobody. Know, you mentioned a couple of times there um, working class young people for apprentices, and we know traditionally more working class would be in construction, and more middle class would be in the in the kind of professionals. Yeah. If I can call uh, like a, a doctor, a lawyer, professional, and not saying that people in construction are professional, they're very professional, but you know, just for the sake of making mm-hmm. the point, right? Yeah. Is it a case of like? You're, it's like, like an almost a type of profile and for a want of a better word but you kind of know the people let's say in the school for example out in Ashton Grey School and all that but very um, affluent school You're, you know they're not going in and picking blocks off the snow on a December morning is 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 that kind of like 
And I don't want to be putting you in an awkward situation. Like, but are you looking at, you wouldn't even bother going over there because you know tradition tells you that they go to university. If, if we refer back to that that league table that they do in the Irish Times every year where you look at um, the schools that score. And I think um, Terence McSweeney, which is our local secondary school here, was the only school in Cork that didn't have somebody going to UCC. But as you said, it doesn't tell the whole story because some of them went down to CIT, some of them went to the College of Commerce, some of them did apprentices, some of them are doing very well today. So it, as I said, it's the very stigmatising. But do CIF look at the schools that aren't performing academically and kind of target them? That's not a bad thing. I, I'm not, that's not a bad thing. Cause I they, never thought of it like that. Mm. I, 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 I honestly never thought I can thought understand yeah. why you wouldn't, but I can understand why, why yeah. somebody like... Like, for instance, if I was in your position, if I was where you are, I would know straight away where to go looking for trades, you know, because I know where most of the trades come from up around here. Trades are yeah. everywhere, everywhere. We see, the, we see, that's the point to me. Yeah. Like, I suppose, look, you go to the traditional locations from which people yeah. enter the industry, you know, yeah. and just about that professional thing as well. Like, and I mentioned it at the start, but look, what... What we find in Ireland is managing director of some of, some of the largest companies in, in, in Ireland come from working class communities, mm. you know, and that's a fact. Mm. They, they do. The managing directors of some of the largest contractors in Ireland came from working class communities, worked themselves up through the ranks and are now MDs of very, very large companies. Mm. Others went down to property development. You know, it, mm. it's, it's maybe just <laughs> something that's never thought of, but we, we mm. just do. But look, we go to all schools. We go yeah. to every mm. school because... You know, there's people yeah. in Ashton that are interested in civil engineering, you know, or quantity surveying or, you know. Yeah. It, it, well, I, I think it's great, though, that more people from working class areas are actually going to university yeah. because traditionally, I remember when I went to the man, we never spoke about university. It was never an option. You either went into construction or you did nothing. And they're very, like, it, that's great if you want to go into construction, but there was never any other option there on the table. But I think these days there is. So if people want to do apprenticeship, they can. But now people are starting to go to university. We're still wearing the represented in university. No, don't get me wrong. But at least the people but, are going to the college so, as well. There's people from, I won't mention any schools, some of the maybe posher schools you might yeah. think of that are going into the trades. Yeah. Electrical installation yeah. and, and ele- electricians, yeah. you know, they yeah. are. You, and I've, 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 my understanding of that is, is, is just how they are as a person. Mm. Some people are practical people and yeah. some people are academic, right? Exactly, yeah. I was I'm a practical person. I fucking hate being on the books. I hate paperwork. I have a stack of it. I, I hate it. I just want to be hanging a door or fixing a lock or doing something that just something that I enjoy doing. And like every time I know I have to go to the paperwork, I fucking get so <laughs> pissed off. And I'll pay anybody just to take that away at me. I will. You know, um, because well, it's an it, essential part as well to me. You it, can't it, ignore it. It is, like, and I and, I and I am being more. No, this is coming from somebody who actually done a degree, but I done it because I just saw so determined and resilient. But where I'm going with this point is, is right. Maybe it's because a lot of those people are practically based people, and they need to be within an industry where they're working with their hands to keep their mind occupied. Yeah, yeah. you know, some people can't sit at the table. And, and go on a laptop for a day. And I knew that when I was in St. John's doing a level six in sustainable technologies where it was completely um, software-based, Rivet and CAD and all that. I knew 
that well, one for me. Yeah. So I went to the CIT then, and I done um, craft wood with business, was which was a business degree mixed with uh, carpentry and joinery in, in the workshop, mm-hmm. and that suited me. But it stopped. I, I I bridged over into the year three construction management over in there, and that was tough, you know, tough for two years. But like up here, up here in these there in in Knocknaheeny, Churchfield, and all these places where where you've a lot of trades. A lot of a lot of these men, they need to be practically, they need to be working. You know, where I'm going with this now is, is probably mad, right? But I'm going to ask your opinion on it, right? They need to be practically working, right? When we went into a complete lockdown, right, L- last year, right, all these men were at home, right. This is their this is their day. I'm going to tell you their day because it's my day too. Okay. We get up at six or seven, we have our breakfast, we go to work. Some people go to the gym, some people go straight to the work. They start at eight, they finish at five. They go to the gym after that, and they might go fucking five-a-side training after that. That's their day gone. When we hit the lockdown last year, right, the construction workers, the practically based ones now who had nothing to do, a lot of them started picking up really bad habits, right? Mm. Alcohol. Drugs. Gambling. How are Food. we going to deal? Yeah. How 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 are we going to deal with with that problem at the moment? I know. And look, like, to that's me, mass, it's, yeah. it's like we always made that point. Yeah. And look, we went publicly about that point. The industry yeah. is an industry where fellas are used to going places. Yeah. You know, doing stuff, going places. You get up in the morning, you're going somewhere, mm. and then within that day, you might be going to somewhere else to carry out the work. Yeah. Being confined in the one spot was horrendously difficult mm. much more so for construction workers maybe than other types of workers because yeah, of that movement out in the open, like. out in the open or maybe not even out in the open in the building or going from one place and to the next with other tradesmen you're and- you're having to laugh with a cup of tea at at you know you're meeting fellas for the small tea break lunchtime as you say you might be playing football or hurling or whatever with them in the evening it was horrendous. Mm-hmm. It was very, very difficult for lots of people just because of it was such a change in their normal dynamic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Being confined, it was. Yeah. Fellas found it very, very tough. Yeah, and I, I, I know, I know a lot of fellas, right, and a lot of guys that, you know, this was their life, and all of a sudden, fucking, hell, they, a lot of them got strung out in fucking cocaine. A lot of them got were destroyed from drink. Gambling was a massive thing. Completely massive because, fellas, the online gambling thing was, they were all doing it, you know. And a lot of them still have those, them things are still going on even though they're at work, you know. And we still have James, we get a lot of it. We, we get a lot of people asking questions about those areas, you know. And um, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, I it's, think it's the, leg, the legacy of COVID will carry on will like. when fellas return mm. and they are returned now. But I wonder, do you think that, like, mm-hmm. like, do you know, when I was working with DTB last year when we were in lockdown, you know, um, my manager would have been very, uh, there would have been good communication around this, there's an onus on them to make sure that the well-being, like, even though you're not on site, mm-hmm. there's still a duty of care on the employer to make sure, ensure the well-being of the employee is, the employee is okay, yeah. physically, emotionally, mentally, and all these other things, you know, the conditions of the work, now, it might be different for construction because if you're not on the site, you're not working. Whereas yeah, we were working know. from home. You know, so maybe it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't translate over. But I suppose is there, is there a duty on construction, 
um, companies to not only make sure that the staff are productive, but that the staff are actually looked after as well. Look, it's an interesting point you raise, James, and I don't know the, the blunt answer to that, I'll be honest with you. You know, there's a general duty of care for all employers yeah. to their employees and most most workers, an awful lot of them would have been on maybe the employer wage subsidy scheme or an mm. awful lot of them um, on other different schemes. So, look, I'm not sure, but look, I, it's it's an interesting point. It's something mm. I haven't actually considered mm. that those habits are continuing now mm. and, you know, maybe the industry needs to look at some mm. measures to try and bring fellas back maybe to where they were. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. don't, what you I don't need, know. what you need is research. You need to bring in like you, but in general, like the construction industry needs researchers to come in and say like, this is that, this is how things were before COVID. And this is how things are in terms of what Timmy spoke about before we come on mm. productivity. How is productivity post COVID? Is it the way it was? Or like what's going on for fellas? Yeah. Uh, is our fellas still affected by the COVID? Do you know where there was maybe domestic violence at home, or maybe they got in trouble with the partners? You know, being confined in the house with the kids and the wife when they're not used to it. Whereas you know, absence absence makes the hair grow fonder. The opposite can be the same as well. Do you know, and you know, fellas, we were so concentrated on just getting back to work. You know that, and getting yeah. back on site, yeah. getting yeah. getting the payment terms coming again. Like that was, that's, that's it was for, just the basics of getting yeah, back to work, getting the money in, yeah. and and that's and very important, Connor. Yeah. But and I, and and you're right. Maybe now mm. a few months later, after getting back, maybe now it's time to mm. maybe have that reset moment. Traditionally, in the construction sector, we've a every year we've a health and safety week, and certainly this year, you know, you raise a good point in terms of you know maybe helping fellas to reset. Not sorry, not just mm. fellas. Everyone, yeah, you know back to where they were pre-COVID because I think, yeah, you're right, there's going to be a lot of unintended and unknown consequences of COVID, I think, that will be with us for a time to come, yes. Most definitely, most definitely, you know, we won't really know how bad it is for a while and, you know, when it starts becoming evident, you know, even one of my recommendations um, for my dissertation was... Uh, you know, based on some of the the results we got, one of my recommendations was we have something for health and safety in sight, right? Health and safety is there to protect people physically, okay? Yeah. And that's very important, you know? But people get hurt physically because a lack of awareness, a lack of, you know, just not being tuned in, and, and, and that that that's something else, you know? But one of my recommendations was, why don't we we have a health and safety pass? Why don't we have on a yearly basis something like a mental health pass, mental health, uh, something just well being in the workplace or something. One day a week, one day a week where you have every man. It doesn't matter when they do it; they can book it, and they can look out to be a listener, someone to watch out on site. Just to watch over your fellow men, are if you're struggling yourself, that you know that there's some like there's no one on site, right? Some sites have two, three hundred men, right? And there's no one on building sites. No, this is not putting you in the hot seat, and I hope you don't. Yeah, don't worry. Trust me, trust me. It's just like it's great that we have somebody like yourself on because you understand what I'm talking about. And why don't we have somebody within a site like they're putting a COVID nineteen officer on site? Right, to protect, obviously, COVID-19. Why don't we have someone inside that? Like, uh, on each landing, 
inside in a prison, right, each landing, you have two listeners. You know, there might be 40 prisoners on the landing. Why don't we have someone like that in, in the building site? You Look, know, because we are a macho, we are we the are. macho in industry out of all of them. Why don't we have somebody there saying, right, lads, come in at fucking 10 o'clock. Some fella with a pair of balls, no, because you know how... It, yeah. How, how it is Look at that but to be the right personality yeah. but you know like when Timmy talks about the listeners in the prison they would be prisoners that everybody would know that these two are the listeners yeah. so that means like mm-hmm. uh, they say me and Timmy is the listeners on a landing of 40 prisoners so if the cells close at night time and you're feeling suicidal or there's something going on for you that you, you want to kill the fella next door to you there's something about escalate all these are things right you can request for the officer to leave you out and go into Timmy's cell because Timmy's a designated listener. You know he is. The officer knows he is. It's all quiet and, you know, it's not overt. And Timmy tries to de-escalate the situation that's going to go to control. Or he helps to talk you around from the suicide ideation. He helps to signpost you to help. And that's it. You go on about your business. Maybe, like, if you have a construction site with 400 men, you would have to have at least four, one for every 100 men or something like that. An example where everybody knows, and it's not explicit, but everybody knows that on the site, if you're feeling down, depressed, suicidal, angry, if your stuff going on for you, Timmy's the fella to call to. And Timmy can be calling to the toilet or out for a fag or anything, and people come and go to Timmy. Like, that would be a very practical thing to do. It would be something that... Your your organisation could lead out on or advocate for at least yeah. you know, and, and it cost yeah, you nothing really. Or if it was train one individual, train one man it's, for a hundred. I suppose. Look, the industry has always been very, very. Uh, what's the word for it? You know about health Fast and safety. Yeah, yeah, about right. health and safety. Well, about mm-hmm. mental health is it is being blunt. It's a new thing. You yeah, know? It's, it is, yeah, it's it's a new area. Yeah, um, but like construction as. In terms of health and safety, you know, you've got the safe pass cards, you've got the construction skills cards, mm-hmm. you've got your site mandatory site inductions, all of this stuff is mandatory. Yeah. And we've done an awful lot of work on the physical health yeah. and safety. But, you know, given the statistics in relation to mental health suicides. in the construction and suicides mm-hmm. and the percentage. Bit of a blind spot, maybe. It, it mm-hmm. is, you know, and we're all learning from it. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, uh, I won't, I'm not an expert, yeah. but I do know that certainly in the last year or two it's become a bigger and bigger and bigger focus within the construction sector. On the Tuesday of Construction Week, it's Mental Health Day, you know. Um, For instance, we'll have Ger O'Brien, I think, hopefully will speak at one of our events, you know. Uh, And we need to give it more focus, but we're learning. So, look, I've never heard of that listening concept before. I know it's it's something that that you could take on board and and take it away into your your board meetings or wherever, Mm. you know, and say, look... Just, just table it and, and see even, what the feedback is. Look, there are some sites, I know, like there's some companies and some of the larger sites, they do have the mental health talks the, and that's begun. I know that has begun or is beginning to happen before COVID, you know, but they're the larger sites. It's getting everywhere and that listening we'd have concept. Fell out, we'd have fell on the podcast Is there. that just to get it? Sorry, James. Is that just to get an ISO sort or, or to be certified? No. Are they just look, doing that for the, do you think no, just for the background? No, nah, it's not. Know? No, or it's... They, is it, or is it them just being completely ethical and knowing that there's their social responsibility it's been, to... No, it's been led by the safety reps because there's been so many instances okay. in the construction sector. The safety reps in certain sites, you know, you have to have a designated safety rep, right? Almost like a designated listener that you were talking about yeah, there. Yeah. So look, it's been driven by the workers themselves. Yeah, there's okay. no doubt about that because everyone in the construction sector 
is aware of, you know, you know, suicides that have happened or poor mental health amongst the workforce, you know, yeah. and we're all great at, you know, what's that word of that, um, that friendship or the yeah. bonds that you form are very strong in the construction sector. Yeah. But there is this, it's, it's amongst males. It is amongst males, the yeah. difficulty of talking, and you if, know, if yeah. we're, we're, we're not, we're not good at talking about our feelings, are we? <laughs> exactly. You know, women can, we, women are far better at it and yeah. we need to learn how to be better at it. And our industry is no different than you're society. Right, but you're right. And if you have a four, a side of 400 macho men, Right, and you have a fella in there feeling vulnerable and suicidal. He's not going to open his fucking mouth, and but now if there was somebody in there that he knew was trained to deal with it, he would. Yeah. Like we had a uh, Derek Devoy on the podcast a few months ago. He's a taxi driver. Yeah. He set up a charity yeah. called Taxi Watch. You can imagine now. What, you can imagine now what taxi drivers deal with. He brought this lady to. This lady asked. He was on a taxi, right? This lady took off her shoes and socks, left her keys, cat, her keys, wallet, and phone in the car, and thought him. See you later. She went going away. But he started finding out that no fellas driving taxi, especially at night time, a lot of the time they're dealing with people that are mm. in chaos. So then he set up this charity. They go around and they train taxi drivers. If you're in a situation, first of all, you have the awareness to identify it. You can de-escalate the situation and you can signpost people. So that's another industry where they've seen the problem and they've acted on it. And I think now we are... In, in this day and age, we are becoming more aware of mental health, you know, for, for everybody. And I think if we want to attract people into the construction industry, and I hope you're successful, I was very close to going and doing a, when I was coming to recovery from addiction, I was looking at college or apprenticeship, very close to going to uh, doing an electrician apprenticeship at the age of 28, because I seen the value in the early sacrifice have your qualification at 32, you still have a load of years working. So I, really, boy, I, I just ended up going to UCC because I met my wife and she went, do you know what I mean? So it's like, it was just chance, do you know? So I hope people do go on and do the apprentices. But we're, we're learning as an industry as well, you yeah. know? And I think society at large is kind of learning as well yeah. about mental health and how to manage it, you exactly. know? And look, yeah, look, there's it's, some... It's a really touchy subject, right? It, it is. It's baby steps. Like, it is baby steps. But these talks need to happen as well for, for change to, to, to start. You know, like, we, like, these talk like, this conversation could start something. Like, people at the top of whatever who have the power to stop said, you know what, that conversation you had there was actually, you know, very important and it meant a lot. Let's let's have a sh- little chat with with people in different places, and let's see can we get something together here, and let's see can we really help these men who are 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 at the top of the side suicide rate within within countries. Like when I done the dissertation, I found that out of every four men, out of every four men that committed suicide in England, there was three of them worked in the construction industry, and and I know we spoke, and and I think it's in in Ireland. I don't I don't know the research, and just. It, just rephrasing some, I think it's 50, 50%. I've, I've heard the statistics yeah. about 50% yeah. of those that have committed suicide are, you know, related to the construction sector yeah. in some form or shape. Yeah. And yeah. look, listen, in my work life, yeah. you know, I would have come across situations with people mm. with poor mental health, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, look, listen, during the recession, you know, you, you, there was all sorts of situations arise. But you look... We're learning yeah. and we need to learn more and maybe put in place 
stuff. I know that there's um, a Mind Your Head campaign in the UK, for instance. We've got a version of it here, and we're trying to put more focus on it because, believe me, it's touched every company in yeah. the construction sector in some shape or form, you know, yeah. where, you know, workers have committed suicide and the devastation that it causes, you know. Yeah. Families that's left behind. Families. Like, if you're, like, where you are at the moment now as from from listening to you and I'm not an expert in construction at all but just the legislation in place now kind of prevents this um, ghost to say scenario this boom and bust please God there's, there's kind of checks and balances in place that weren't there previously so it's not as precarious you know it should be more stable um, the health and safety on sites fabulous do you know you have to, like there's a big emphasis on do you know the safe pass and and like having officers on ensuring that you know companies adhere to the highest uh, health and safety regulations but the the, the black spot is the suicide and the mental health yeah. but that's that's something no it's not a black spot anymore yeah. do you know yeah. it's just like an awareness awareness is no good mm. awareness is only good if you act upon it mm. so I hope that. Look, know. we've had, we've, we, as an organization, look, we've heard, and I forget his name, he's done videos for us as well. Um, um, Brez. Brezzy. Brezzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does done, a lot with the schools as well. Yeah, he's done some videos now for us, and we've put them out there for inductions as well to play to people. And I do know that there's, there's some companies out there, look, that have designated, you know, yeah. health and safety officers and designated people training and they have the talks in it, but certainly mm. we're learning, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it might be a good point, I think, to take from it, even, like, if if you are going into a macho industry, right, and, and you're putting up the, these these people like that, Brezzy, who, who's phenomenal, he's doing a lot of good work, but why not put somebody that's normal in the construction industry? Who, who the construction industry men respect and know and look as his pan, do you know that fucker, he was a grand old grafter, do you know what? And he's coming out and he's talking. Do you know what it sounds like there now, yeah. Timmy? You're writing yeah. an application letter there. Maybe. No, we'll talk about that afterwards. afterwards. But, but you know what? It, it, it's something, maybe something no, to is. really look at, look at because we Somebody actually spoke... Somebody with credibility amongst yeah, us. We actually like. spoke about that earlier, like... It, it, because it is a macho industry, like yeah. we all know. It's like, like I, I go to work every morning. I've my brother with me and another lad, and <laughs> we have a great crack. Like anything could be said during the day, but we have a great crack, and it's a tough industry because we're on deadlines, you know. And if you go over your deadlines, you're losing money and and jobs and stuff, and you know. Um, and, yeah. but there is a great there is a great bonding in the mm. unbelievable fellas look yeah. out for each other in all sorts of yeah. ways that you know it's hard to describe for you know but look yeah you know, unbelievable it's and a great crack we might have you as a talker or a speaker so for our construction safety week yeah. is that a deal to not me? a bother very good can Excellent. I ask you one more question before we finish yeah. up it's just about ladies in the construction mm. industry and uh, apprentices for girls um is there more ladies going into the construction industry? Is it the same? It's, the- look, it's a real blind spot from us. Mm-hmm. We're only we're only recruiting from fifty percent of the population. Is how I describe it. We need to be recruiting from one hundred percent of the population. Having yeah. said that, there is a women in trades network organisation. You know, we're putting in place equality and diversity and inclusion. Um, but it is very, very difficult mm-hmm. um, to recruit um, females into the construction sector. And there's no point in, in saying otherwise, but yeah. we're putting a lot of effort into it, you know. We ran a billboard campaign in Dublin just before COVID. 
Um, and it showed, you know, all the, the different pictures of, of women in trades, women in, you know, the professions, et cetera, et cetera, that work in the construction sector. And, and we're, we're trying hard to, but I think it's not just a, a woman or a male issue. I think it's just an issue with trying to recruit people, all, yeah. all different yeah. types of people into the construction sector, you know, yeah. whatever they come from. But I hope there's somebody watching this, even if they're not, even if they're mature. And they're yeah. thinking about changing career paths or they're sick of their, their 95 and they're not going over with it. An apprenticeship is a small period of time mm. relative to the rest of your life, do you know what I mean? It is. It's very, very... Look, we always say earn as you learn, you know? And that's the great thing about apprenticeship or working in the construction. You earn as you learn. And look, as I said, I honestly believe the next... I think Cork is in, and this yeah. region in particular, is in for a great period over the next 10 years. We just need to find the resources yeah. to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. and... Um, as you said, we'll go, like, there'll be a lot of mothers watching this and their sons are teen, like, 18, 19, yeah. and they're going to be looking for trades, like, it's apprenticeships that I eat, and it's, Yeah. So, don't, yeah. don't be thinking it's the end of the world yeah. if you don't get into college, because yeah. there's, there's young kids out there, and the pressure on young kids about getting the points, mm. and let's be blunt about it, it, a lot of the time it's the parents putting the pressure on them yeah. to be something that maybe they're never going to be. Yeah. There's another something that there. they were never, they, they, they could never be. Yeah. You know? So look, yeah. look, if you're, if you have a kid out there, he likes working with his hands, he, you know, he's having, yeah. look, there's, mm. there's, or if he's not sure why he wants to study in college, he could do an apprenticeship and go to college afterwards. Like, you, you could be an electrician yeah. and go on and yeah. do an engineering degree in the end. You know? And vice versa. Funny enough, some of our members are saying to us at the moment, the biggest places that they're getting recruits from is, is students from yeah. the from the Institutes of Technology and other things that are frustrated. You know, they went in two yeah. or three years later. Ah, this is not for me. Yeah. You know, so mm, look. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's a good positive note to and, end on. And yeah. anybody that done the trade before, like a lot of people are going back after 10 years. I went back after 20 years and then finished my, my trade. I was at a meeting there last week. There was a guy who went back after 10 years. He, he was, I think he was 35 and he started when he was 25 and, you know, he got caught up in alcohol and drugs and stuff and he went back 10 years later when he got sober and he completed it. Do you know? So yeah, that's, that's okay too. That, that's what we need a lot of as well, isn't it? Yeah. We need fellas going back in. And look, the, the thing about our industry, you know, in, in ways, we don't care where you come from, yeah. where you've been, you know, there's an opportunity there. Are you willing to work hard? Yeah. Are you willing to be on site yeah. in the morning? If you are, fine. And Great. the best thing about it, or one of the good things about it, is for people like myself and Timmy, that have criminal convictions and that, like in the construction industry, it's like, are you able to do the job? Well, I don't care if you've done all that in your past. But if you're able to do the job, I give give you a shot, you know. Mm. And that's, that's, all right. that's great. Like two points. There's two parts to that, though. James. There's two parts, and I won't keep you long. And this, there's the practical part to trades where it doesn't matter. But I noticed when I was doing my construction management degree, I felt a little bit like I didn't fit in anymore because there was talks from lecturers about Garlevetting and jobs and things like that, say government jobs and stuff like that. And I got a little bit scared, you know, I got a little bit afraid because there's me, I'm just after doing six years of college. And that was my main reason why I went down to start my own business because I felt I wouldn't have yeah, gotten you- the opportunity. And I got, I got a few, I, I made, I done a few interviews and I won't mention no names from the companies like and I'm sure they've done background checks with me they put my name into Google or whatever they've done and they see court cases with me like fucking 10, 12 years ago do you know when I was a completely different person and that went against me mm. that was it I was shot dead straight away then and, and, and do you know even talking I don't know you're getting emotional because 
after putting yeah. so much work and effort. You know, I came from nothing, from learning to read and write in prison up to finishing an honours degree, in, trying to get into an industry that I really liked and to be getting shot back. And and that was one of the main reasons, like, it was good for me to come out with my story. But when I did start talking about my story, then um, people were saying, you know what, fucking fair play at the end. Do you know what, your past is your past. We'll give you but a job. Like, it's like the likes of yourself, Timmy. It's like, it's like mental health. When people start talking about things, there's a greater yeah. understanding yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. And look, like, you know... I think Timmy's uh, breaking new ground now, you yeah. know? And you're paving the way for fellas to come behind you. So you're, you're, uh, you're kind of the first, one of the first yeah. now. And I did... This, I, I received emails from guys in UCC and CIT after I came out with my own story about what we just spoke about as well. And they're facing similar situations. The fear of going into an industry where they might get guard vetted and the fear of just f- completing four years in college and they can't go into the industry because when you're get bl- when you get, say, if one company doesn't take you because of your criminal record... No, it's a big industry, but it's a small place as well when you're somebody like that looking for a job, James. You know, especially when you're going into the professional side. And it can be quite difficult to get a job if you get blown down over your criminal record from the first one. But, like, I think... I think, though, to me, in fairness, we're an industry that's maybe more... What's... Not forgiving, maybe... What's the word for it, you know? More open, like... More open. I, I I would think we are, you know, because of, you know... I think, I suppose, the point I wanted to make really was, I know, like, the higher you go up, the, the more the more uppity people might be, or, you know, um, out of touch. But, you know, for an apprentice or somebody that's kind of a young person from around here that's kind of, maybe he was in Town, he had a few convictions, you know, mm. he never was going to go to college. And, you know, but I think an apprenticeship and to be able to work in the construction industry is a very viable yeah. option. Or somebody that's in prison, this podcast is streamed in prisons around Ireland, right? Yeah. Somebody in prison, if they're getting out, like they could totally go away and do an apprenticeship when they get out and that, and you know, drive their own van, maybe bring on a few fellas with them when they're, you know, so. It is. And mm. look, look, as I said, it's, it's, it is, there's, there's opportunities there where a, where a far more forgiving industry than maybe other industries. Yeah. There's always a local builder you can go to, but it is hard work. There's no point in saying otherwise you have to get up early. Yeah. But again, there's, it's the opportunity. Yeah. All we can do as an industry are imply, provide opportunities. And I think, and hopefully there should be enough over the next number of years, you know. Excellent. And yeah. the, the Cork Education Training Board website has an apprenticeship section. So anybody looking for information on how mm. to become an apprentice, how to, could go there. And then what was the apprenticeship daddy? What was apprenticeship daddy? Yeah. is another website. So look, if anybody has any questions, and they can get on. Local builders and stuff. Just ask them. It's local context, yeah. Timmy. It's yeah. it really is local yeah. context. I honestly think is the best way. You know, look, your your cousin or your uncle. Yeah. You know, there's always yeah. there's always someone. And if there's any local builders or tradesmen looking to take on apprentices, they can contact us and we can compile a list. And then if women or mothers are contacting, but we might be able to connect people. Mm. So. But look, yeah, we're excellent. going to have to leave it there because... Yeah, very good. I was going to come in about the phone thing and sites, apprentices, like, they should leave their phones at home, but we leave that for There's more young fellas now after getting the sack over the phone at the moment, know, and that's yeah. the reality. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's the biggest complaint you, you hear about, the, you know, on the phone, we put the phone down. And it's not... You see, and 
it's, it's dangerous, you see, Timmy. Yeah. Because if you're on your phone, you're yeah. distracted. Yeah. And there's stuff going around, yeah. you know. Like I always say about a construction site, it's never the same mm. one day to the next. You'll appreciate this. Mm. There could be a hole in the floor yeah. where there wasn't yesterday. And you could be walking along yeah. a path. You know, you, you have does to. Not, does not worse than being uh, the manager of a team or mm. the leader of a team and you're breaking your bollocks you're knowing your man is on Instagram that wreck your head but, but no. if there's deadlines James I know well, yeah, if and there are deadlines every mm-hmm. single day everybody pulling their weight like. because on, on, on building sites you have to book things in advance you have to book 100 metres of concrete coming in on the Thursday and if you fell in the corner there that's supposed to be tying steel and he's on his phone for 4 hours a day you're probably going I to can talk. sense your frustration know, yeah. you're going to <laughs> feel the anger coming out of <laughs> But that's what we're dealing with. That's what all trade. That's what all builders yeah. are dealing with at the moment. Is trying to get people that will work and stay off their phones. And it's not just young lads coming into the industry. It's fellas across the board. It's just fellas just flicking. I call them flickers. We leave it there, lad, because we're actually. Yeah, <laughs> I have to bring Rowan back for ten o'clock, so it's quarter ten. But look, thanks for coming on. I know it's been a pleasure, and no. listen, thanks for the opportunity. No, I no, you, you represented you. your industry very well, yeah, and right. I hope 100%. you're successful yeah. in your recruitment. All right, so thanks best of luck. Take care. Right, thanks, thank everybody. You. Thanks, Rowan. Thanks to me and everybody that watches, and we see you next week. Very good. Thank you. God bless. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.